0: As a constitutional law attorney, former senior legal advisor, and personal counsel to President Donald J. Trump, Jenna Ellis believes in the rule of law and the importance of integrity in our elections. And she's ready to tackle the big cultural and legal issues facing America. This is the Jenna Ellis Show. Here is your host, Jenna Ellis.
1: Welcome to The Jenna Ellis Show. I am Jenna Ellis, and today we're talking about DC Comics that recently revealed that they're going to make Superman's son bisexual slash part of the LGBT community. And, you know, I listened to my good friend uh, Drew Clavin, Andrew Clavin's podcast on this, and, um, and that was a really interesting analysis, I think, where he was talking—of um, course, I listen to his show, I listen to a lot of different podcasts of my good friends who I always want their opinions on— and um this to me was an issue of course that you the the comic book and entertainment industry just in general um you know much broader than just comics the entertainment industry is trying to force the lgbt agenda to be normalized that's nothing new in 2020 and we're going to talk soon with uh, my good friend dean kane who literally is superman so very exciting but um, but before we get to that, I wanted to just give you kind of in a nutshell my perspective on this, which is that we are trying so hard to tell our young people that if you want to be normal, normal now means that you have to be part of this LGBTQIA++++, whatever, I can't even keep track, you have to somehow be different than the heteronormative traditional sexuality that has actually governed uh, human beings made in the image of God since creation. This is an absolute perversion. This is something that the Bible obviously condemns. We know from scripture that human sexuality is for the purpose, of course, not only of procreation, but of a man and a woman coming together in traditional marriage to become one and reflect the relationship that God has with his church and the purpose of marriage, the purpose of family, having a traditional family with a father and mother where kids can grow up in a healthy environment to learn about truth, to be protected as they're growing up. I mean, all of these things and these principles that govern the church and the family that our founders recognized were so essential to the role of government, and in fact that 's the only obligation of government is to preserve and protect the rights of the individual and to make sure that the family the parents have rights to decide what is best for themselves and their family without uh, government interference unless of course you know the parents are harming. Uh, children in a tangible way. And that of course gets into a larger conversation. What do we mean by harm? You know, and those are policy things that we can debate, but then also uh, the church government to make sure that we are protecting the right of the church to be active in society, to teach truth, to bring people into an understanding of how to answer life's most basic questions. And so as we do every day on the show, we have to always bring back the news of the day and the political analysis to uh, the grounding of what's really going on in worldview. How is this shaping culture? Because we know from Andrew Breitbart, he said, you know, politics are downstream from culture. Yeah, but politics can and should also influence culture. And that's the role and responsibility of a genuine responsible government because government does legislate morality. We actually can't get away from that. Um, everything that government permits or that it prohibits or that it uh, provides significant um, assistance to, those are all moral responses from government. Society's commentary on what it deems the measurable difference between right and wrong, good and evil, that is all a question of morality. And so whose morality are we legislating? This isn't as clean as the leftists would say that, you know, the secular state um, is, is completely apart from religion. Well, absolutely not. You can't get away from the fact that government has to be and is inherently either moral or immoral and does legislate some form of morality. So whose truth are we legislating? truth with a capital T and the fundamental objective truth that we can all observe in the reality to which God presented us? Or is it going to be man's collective judgment that will be based on the arbitrary whim of whatever society uh, currently designates as right and wrong? And this is what we're seeing in cancel culture, that those standards and those, those posts of what is and isn't morally acceptable, according to the leftists, that always will change. And that's why we're seeing cancel culture and why like that NFL coach um, who is canceled over decade old emails. Well, we're seeing that the standards of truth with a small t, meaning man's collective judgment, changes all the time. And it changes depending on culture. And so if culture informs politics and policy, then we can never be certain what is objectively morally courageous and morally truthful, and we can never then ultimately be fixed in relying on what the law says is right versus wrong. It just becomes this permissive versus um, prohibiting society where our standards change depending on the reflection of the moral whim of whoever's in control of government. And that's not a good standard in law. And so we're seeing that play out in the entertainment world when we have stories like this that we may think, you know, okay, in 2021, this isn't a big deal. We've seen a lot of characters, um, you know, come out as gay or part of the LGBT agenda or whatever. And we're seeing this, you know, being pushed on our kids, whether that's through, uh, you know, kids shows or now whether it's through DC Comics. But the greater problem here and the bigger problem is that this poses for fundamental moral truth and an objective basis of the government's role and responsibility here is that when culture and entertainment informs policy and policymakers become too hesitant of being canceled or they have to go along with the whim, the arbitrary whim of the given morality of the day we never can be confident as citizens that our rights, which never change because they're given by God our creator, that our rights will actually be protected. And that's why we're seeing such a pushback in society today and such a an infringement on the free exercise of religion. Because the given cultural whim of the day is to suggest that Christianity needs to be excised from culture. Why? Because we're not tolerant enough. Because I'm not celebrating the fact that Superman's son... Is coming out as bisexual or gay or whatever it is, right? And since I'm not celebrating that and I'm not participating in the given whim of the dominant majority or what they think should be the dominant majority of society, therefore I need to be silenced. I need to be canceled. Christianity needs to be canceled. And therefore I am intolerant. Intolerance has become the greatest immorality of a leftist culture. But it's not tolerance in terms of what our founders understood to be protections for free exercise of religion. Tolerance to them means being compelled by the government to think like a leftist. And so for the free exercise of religion, as our founders understood it, is to protect the ability to speak together about truth and to disagree peaceably But to all understand that the common objective moral truth that our rights are individually given by God, our creator, and that the rights of parents, the rights of the church clergy, the rights of the individuals to go about our daily lives and participate in civil society are protected by government. And so there has to be, there is and there must be and there must always be a central objective moral aspect to law. And that's why law is so important for these leftists to continue to harness. That's why they want to pack the court. That's why they are so upset that there's now a, quote-unquote, conservative majority. That's why they, even back in 2015 with the Obergefell versus Hodges decision, legitimizing, in their opinion, quote-unquote, same-sex marriage, which we know that marriage is an institution of the church. It's God-ordained. It's not for civil society to arbitrarily uh, determine and reinvent but they want the moral legitimacy of law. And without the moral legitimacy of law, then they're only celebrating it themselves. And so if leftists were consistent, they would say that they don't need moral laws designation of approval on their bad acts. They would simply say, well, hey, as long as I'm free from government interference in my bedroom, my relationship, how I want to raise my family and, and life decisions, I don't need the government to condone this or to reinvent the meaning of marriage. But what leftists understand implicitly is that there is a moral designation and a moral confirmation to the law. And when our society allows through the law to have a moral designation on sin and on bad acts and on uh, perversions of the true definition of something like marriage and human sexuality and objective biological fact, then they think that they're winning the moral victory. And that's the reason the leftists are trying so hard to pervert and reinvent public policy because they're not content with the government just leaving them alone. They're not content with just celebrating it themselves. They want to compel you and me to buy into their religion. Their religion suggests that they are completely antithetical to the God of the Bible, and they don't want free exercise of religion. They don't want you and me to have the freedom of speech, free exercise of religion, and freedom of association to speak things about truth and about the truth of God. They hate the fact that that I will speak out and say marriage is only between one man and one woman. And it is a perversion of that God-ordained truth to suggest that two men or two women or a thruple or any of this other, you know, LGBT whatever stuff can come under that designation and that definition to marriage. And and it's just totally false because that's an objective God-ordained Institution. And so the left hates that. They are the ones who are intolerant. They are trying to force you and me to be participants and adherents to their religion. And that goes in, they won't admit that. They won't call it a religion. They say that they're secular and that they're not religious at all. But every single person has a worldview of what they say truth is. They have something they worship. They have a viewpoint on what is morally permissible versus impermissible. Even that very word tolerance and how uh, being offended is the greatest sin of the leftists. Um, Even if you look at, you know, Kathy Hochul, who is saying, you know, the new governor of New York, who's trying to say take the vaccine as if it's some sort of sacrament and you have to be, you know, faithful apostles, as she called it. That is morally designating science as the new religion of the left. And that's what they're trying to do. And they're trying to harness words, reinvent them, input all of their religious beliefs into entertainment, into culture, and to normalize society to get a dominant viewpoint so that they can compel you and me through government to be adherents to their religion. And our United States government doesn't do that even for the truth. Now, I firmly believe as a Christian that the God of the Bible is truth. He is the personification of truth. And we see that evidence in the reality to which we're presented. I am a Christian because I believe that the God of the Bible and the truth of the biblical worldview is the best explanation for the reality to which we're presented. And I can advocate for that, but I'm certainly not going to suggest that the United States government needs to compel someone who doesn't believe in God to believe in Christianity. No, that's their choice. And we even see that from the Bible. God himself doesn't even compel people to believe in him. So the government, our United States government, was set and fixed on this understanding that we have the free exercise of religion. Everybody does. And it's not just me that's teaching truth. It's not just the leftists with their new religion. It's that all of us, can speak together and advocate for our faith in the public square. And that's what churches are for. And there are a ton of different denominations. There are a ton of different religions in the United States. That's okay. But when it comes to public policy, when it comes to the moral effect and the moral coercion, frankly, of law, that does compel uh, people in society to act or be prohibited to act a certain way, that has to be based on objective truth. And that has to – and what our founders did when they established the United States and the Constitution, they recognized the truth – that individual rights are given by God our creator, not our government, and the sole purpose of government is to preserve and protect those rights. And so if the leftists really want America to be a secular nation, they have to get rid of the U.S. Constitution and the Declaration, and that's exactly their goal. They have been trying for years, over the past you know 60 and 70 years, through the courts, to forcibly make these opinions that are totally antithetical to the U.S. Constitution and tried to tear it down just within the Supreme Court, within unconstitutional uh, policy and legislation, but particularly the judicial branch. But now what they're trying to do is completely overhaul the U.S. Constitution and totally gut it without actually changing it. They can't do that. If a secular leftist wants to suggest that the objective moral basis that our country was founded upon is no longer legitimate as the dominant whim of the current society, they would have to replace our U.S. Constitution and its mandate to follow the Declaration of Independence. And that's where we have to stand up and we have to see these things in entertainment culture, you know, something as as nominal and stupid and simple as, you know, Superman's, Gay son. We have to see that in light of a much, much, much bigger problem that the left is trying to perpetuate on society. And we have to stand firm on truth and on the founding principles of our moral nation. Friends, there is no way to spend this. Our country is in a state of emergency. We have seen a total failure of government. The botched exit from Afghanistan makes us feel less less safe than we have been in years. The disastrous economic policies have inflation soaring. Your freedoms and liberties are at risk with outrageous government overreach, the closing of businesses, and mandates that violate our constitution. The bottom line is that we are in the midst of a failed presidency. You can see that with Joe Biden's approval ratings. I don't even think it's that high. But I really think that things are going to get worse before they get better. So now is the time for Americans to take steps to protect our finances and our retirements. When times are turbulent, you need an asset that protects you. And that's why I believe in investing in gold and trust my friends at Legacy Precious Metals. Gold offers a hedge against inflation and protects you from the volatile financial markets legacy precious metals is a company that you can trust to give you good and patient counsel for your personal situation their team of experts has decades of experience helping americans like you and me make the right decision for ourselves and our families Call Legacy Precious Metals today at 866-528-1903, that's 866-528-1903, or visit them online at LegacyPMInvestments, that's investmentsplural.com, LegacyPMInvestments.com, and download their free investor's guide. And joining me now on the Jenna Ellis show is one of my favorite people in the universe. And I'm not just talking about the comic book universe, but like the actual superhero universe. And of course, you know that I'm talking about my very dear friend Dean Kane who literally is Superman I mean you can't get much cooler than that than being actual Superman um, but besides the conversations that uh, you know we get to have and you know we uh, met through the the Trump 2020 advisory board and Dean has just been prolific in speaking the truth and speaking the truth of the Word of God and being such a great conservative in the midst of Hollywood uh, but Dean I want to talk to you today about this insane story that um, this comic book land is now, there's some guy who has this progressive leftist agenda and wants to make Superman's son gay. Your thoughts.
2: <laughs> well, you know, the thing is, for me, it's like, I have no problem with being gay or doing whatever they want to do, and that's their business, and I'm completely for, you know, LGBTQ rights. That's great and fine. Taking a character like Superman, and the this, this thing I've blown out of proportion for a lot of ways, Number one is uh, it's Superman's son. It's hard to keep track of all the different iterations of what they have going on in the comics. Um, Comics have been going progressively woke for a long time now. And that's why that's probably why their sales are way down. But this, what what felt to me about this was that uh, DC comics was saying um, we're going to make the son of Superman, but they were saying Superman bisexual, but it which was a, which was wrong in its own right. But I guess he's the Superman of earth and, Whatever it is, because the real Superman went off, or whatever the case is, um, and I and they said we're going to go in this bold new direction, and I, and I said, and my my feeling on it is straightforward: is that's not bold in 2021 to make a character um, uh, bisexual is not a bold move. Would be bold if they were fighting for LGBTQ rights. In Iran, where they would toss you off a building for even suspecting you of being homosexual or or to, you know, the the kid is apparently also um, protesting uh, the deportation of refugees. And I said, well, why don't you go and go to those other countries where they're being refugees from and help solve the problems there so they don't have to be refugees? That would be bold. And so um, there is this big giant. Um, group of people um, in the comic book world who are doing things that I think are anti-American. And that's not saying someone being bisexual is anti-American, but they're changing truth, justice, and the American way to truth, justice, and a, a better tomorrow, I guess is what it is now. But what does the better tomorrow look like? Socialism, communism, forced equality. And I th- i said this in my op-ed uh, that I wrote for Real Clear Politics, because to me, they're, they are changing and they're and they're sort of Pointing uh, the giving the thumbs down for America and American values, when everybody on the planet seems to be trying to get to America because of our freedom, because of our, um, our, uh, our system of government because of our Constitution so it, it's really kind of flies in the face of, of what I love about Superman.
1: Yeah. And this makes so much sense as you're describing this. And, you know, of course, there is some pushback on, you know, people saying, well, you know, what about the the LGBTQ rights? Because um, that has been taken so far out of context. I mean, you're right in the sense that in America, everyone has the same freedom and liberty, and so to say that this is somehow bold and and you know to to come across and say, oh, okay, now making a character uh, bisexual or you know something is somehow um, you know somehow this novel concept in 2021 is absurd and. You know, if you were doing this in a country that literally would condemn people to death for their sexual orientation, we don't have that in this country. And a lot of Christians, of course, push back on this. My perspective, and I'd love to hear, you know, what you um, what you think about this, Dean, because my perspective has always been, you know, the law um, is a force for moral truth in society, and whatever the law designates as um, permissible in a society is a moral statement of the culture. Now, that doesn't mean that we go and take one particular uh, set of beliefs or one denomination, for example, and make the church the head of public policy. That's not how we do things. We are free to disagree in American society on our sincerely held religious beliefs. And so that's where I think a lot of people have this concept of separation of church and state that really is a myth, because they're trying to say, well, the separation of church and state means that the state can't ever uh, legislate morality. Well, that's not true because, you know, guess what? Murder is still illegal. Beating your girlfriend is <laughs> still illegal. There's a ton of stuff that's actually, I mean, California is probably not making anything illegal anymore. You know, <laughs> you can true. just walk into Walgreens and take whatever. But the whole point under is $950. Say, <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah. And so the, the point is, that the church is the only one that can designate what a marriage is and is not. And if the state wants to say, you know what, we are allowing civil unions, we're allowing two people to, you know, designate their, well, I don't actually have a problem with that, but to call it marriage is something totally different. And that's actually invading the province of the church, of the church. And so, you know, as we're looking at how the LGBT movement is so far progressively left and how the culture is just just careening down this whole um, landslide toward a big dump of of uh, socialism and progressive progressivism. How do comics like this, in your opinion, influence culture and therefore influence policy.
2: Well- you know, I, I would say the comics would, has a very small influence. They'd like it to be a bigger influence. Um, they love that we're probably talking about this right now because it's more more attention placed on the comic. But the comics have been going down, down, down. I would say, but it, it certainly can have an effect, obviously. So can, you know, TV shows, which has been going progressively more, becoming more and more. "Quote progressive uh, all the time, um, diversity for diversity's sake, not for telling a story or anything like that." So uh, it, they, it, the the whole media world of media and entertainment certainly can influence the way um, um, people look at um, morals and culture. Without without a doubt, you know, p- part of the way I think fighting back would be a, would be a good idea is to to create content that supports. Um, You know, someone's vision, if it's a conservative vision. uh, For me, I happen to think family values are very strong. Um, And and I love to do projects that that I'm just doing one right now called Little Angels, that um, is about a little girl soccer team, but I think it's got some really strong team values and family values and things like that in it. Um, And so I think that's the way to sort of fight back. If you will, um, I, you know, artistic sake, I, people can tell any story they want to tell. I, I support anybody's right to tell any story they want to tell. Um, but don't tell me that I have to call somebody by a specific pronoun. You know, I, I, that, that sort of stuff is you start to start to dictate that stuff. and You're going way, way the wrong direction.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, going back to our, uh, your initial comment, how this is not stunning and brave in 2021. What actually is stunning and brave is having a traditional family with traditional moral values and virtue and, you know, people who are standing up for truth, righteousness in the American way in 2021. I mean, these are the things that you don't <laughs> see as much in Hollywood. Why not?
2: I don't know. It's such an odd concept. You know, I'm a big fan of like the old Frank Capra movies. And, um, you know, it's a wonderful life, things like that, that are just, just wonderful, wonderful stories. Um, I, I, I don't, I don't know. <laughs> Cause those are the things I love. Those are the projects that I love that speak to me. Uh, it's weird that someone because of my values and, and the things and my morals and things that I hold dear uh, makes me an outsider or a rebel these days. It's just a really odd feeling but I, I think that you know um those kind of i think those are just bedrock bedrock um parts of foundation of a civilization of a, of a a very open and tolerant civilization to be honest and and i and i think that we're going to gravitate back toward them as time moves on because all of these policies all of these ideas they have a, a, an effect uh on 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 people and there 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 are going to be tangible uh results of of a lot of this policy, a lot of these things, and 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 we're we're starting to see a lot of it happen. Once this administration jumped in, it's been a it's been a disaster, one disaster after another, and things are truths are becoming very self evident.
1: Yes, a total disaster, as our favorite president would say. And you know this this is something where the. The movies and the the books and the things that have truly resonated with me um, that are that are the fiction, right? Of course, there's the nonfiction and um you know the books that are that present arguments, and we all you know love a lot of those like c s Lewis and you know some others that we could talk about, but the entertainment driven stories that have always resonated the most with me are not only just fighting for truth, but also addressing real world problems and yes. the truth about the human condition and saying how, you know, look at how depraved and evil the world is, but look at this hero who is stepping in and who is boldly saying, not on my watch. You know, we love the stories of heroes. And when you have somebody who like this you know, Superman son who thinks that he's going to fight, you know, quote unquote, real world problems like you describe in your op-ed, such as climate change. And he'll, you know, protest the d- deportation of refugees. I mean, how is this actually resonating with him? I mean, is it, is it stunning and brave anymore to stand up and be like, hey, I'm, you know, I'm proclaiming my sexual orientation. Go me. And I know that nothing is going to happen other than a ton of applause from the left. I mean, that's not a hero story anymore.
2: No, that's not that's not particularly heroic, in, in my opinion. Listen, if it helps some kid, if some kid sees this and goes, OK, I can identify with that. OK, great. But you're, you're talking about someone who's a superhero and and superheroes aren't your normal folk. Uh, if this is a superhuman person raised on American values. Th- those are the kind of values that I think that this superhero would be would be well suited to to go and and uh, help um, the world uh, achieve. You know, uh, there, there is, you know, he's, he's there to fight oppression. I mean, that's what he would the oppressed fight for the oppressed and, uh, claiming your sexuality is not, I don't think you're oppressed in 2021. And it's, it's not that bold. I mean, the new captain America is gay um robin of batman and robin came out as bisexual but i i mean i always joke about it but who didn't see that one coming um <laughs> but then uh, <laughs> um uh and you know Catwoman bisexual whatever the thing you know that's it's not it's not bold or stunning or brave and it's not the story like the story isn't about that you 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 talk about you know why people will be refugees that's the that's the story and but they but they do stick in a lot of liberal points of view and things of that nature, you know, like deportation of, 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 of you know, they won't call anybody an illegal immigrant. They're like, Oh, Superman, I keep hearing this one. Superman was an illegal immigrant. No, actually, he wasn't. If you look up founding law in Kansas in the 1930s, he was under five years old, an abandoned child who isn't a real refugee. There's no illegal immigration with 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 Superman. Sorry. But they, they you know they keep on doing that stuff and and, and fighting for what i would say would be very very uh leftist or pr- progressive policies uh, and they they litter that throughout these comics to try to change culture and i just don't think people are are, are buying it
1: no and it's so sad that you even have to defend that as if that's like an <laughs> argument against you know a a make-believe story i mean and and a a story of a superhero. I mean, this is something where people are pushing back harder against, you know, whether Superman was an illegal immigrant (laughs) versus like actual (laughs) stories of things that are going on in real life now. I mean, it's just, it's so absurd. It's time for holiday cleaning. Before you replace your carpets due to pet stains and odors, you must try Genesis 950. The reviews are amazing as this is one product that works. I have it, I use it, it's awesome. With water, it breaks down the bonds of stains and odors so they are gone for good. Its antibacterial component removes pet odors from carpet and padding, and it can be used in a carpet cleaning machine because it's green, so it's safe for your family and pets. Genesis 950 is made in America, and if you are tired of pet cleaners that don't work, it is time to get Genesis 950. One gallon of industrial strength Genesis 950 makes up to seven gallons of cleaner. Genesis 950 is great for bathrooms, kitchens, floors, upholstery, and grease stains perfect holiday gift for pet owners. Genesis 950 has great customer service as well. They're always willing to help you with your particular problem. So order one gallon direct at Genesis950.com to receive a free spray bottle, free shipping, and a $10 coupon. But you have to use the code Jenna. That's J-E-N-N-A and Genesis950.com. The coupon is only available for a one gallon purchase. Genesis 950 is much, much cheaper than Replacing your carpets, and I'm talking with uh, with Dean Kane, who of course is actually Superman. So we do have a real life Superman. So you know it's not all fictitious. But um, <laughs> where do you think the the culture is headed in in 2021 when we think that the best moral arguments that we can possibly make that are stunning and brave? Are, some, are based on people's sexual orientation. While we are excising God from society, traditional family is being destroyed. We're seeing um, the Biden administration just tear down all semblance of what makes America great, open borders. I mean, all of this, why we loved and supported and still love and support President Trump. Where do you think this is going in the next few years?
2: I think you're gonna see a, a, a stunning turnaround uh, politically, because this has been a disaster and it, it's becoming really, a, you know, I won't raise taxes on any, anyone making, you know, over 400000 or under $400,000 a year, but you're going to have the highest energy prices, highest gas prices, hugest amount of inflation. All of these things are affecting everybody and people won't take it uh, very long. So I think it's going to go to uh, a stunning reversal in 2022. I hope that's what happens because everybody I speak to and I'm open to speaking to everybody um, is being affected in a negative way by these policies. I mean, you know, the, all the, the, the open borders is just an absolute ridiculous concept. And who couldn't see this coming? Uh, and the lies and the things being told by the administration is, is crazy. So I think it's going gonna, it's gonna to reverse very quickly uh, because it, the, the press can only cover for uh, Joe Biden for so long and the Biden-Harris administration, which is, I, I shake my head. I was listening to uh, Jen Psaki today on the way driving into work. Uh, just listening to her talk. And it just sounded like such, uh, I mean, I was just digging, pulling out the shovel and digging through the crap, because that's what it sounded like I was listening to. Um, and it just really got my hackles up. I had to change, I had to change the station because I just hear myself being lied to by an administration, doing, doing things that I think very much hurt this country. And I think it's going to flip around really yeah, quickly.
1: I, I hope so. And I can't even imagine that Biden's actual approval rating is even up to you know, 32%. Like where are the 32% that even actually approve? I mean, even if they say they do, just because they hate Trump that much, I don't think they actually <laughs> genuinely approve of any of this. I mean, you I know, don't, they, they can't. They, yeah, I mean, this is just something where when it comes down to protecting your own personal self-interest and your rights and your family, everybody votes um, in self-interest. And if they can't see that, um, and I think that's why there's so much Biden remorse vote, because they know that they were lied to, and they know that this administration is is a farce, and it's something that was... Um, was a bait and switch. And I think you're right that we're going to see it hopefully in the midterms. Uh, we're going to see that turnaround and then pave the way to 2024. Um, but Dean Kane, before I let you go, what projects are you working on that are great? Where can people find you? What do you have upcoming?
2: Well, they can find me on Twitter at, at Real Dean Cain, uh, and on Instagram at deuces, D-E-U-C-E-S- 1966. Yes. That is my birth year. Um, and I'm working on a movie right now called little angels. Uh, it is basically like a bad news bears or the mighty ducks kind of a story, um, deals with a a, a college football coach who ends up having to coach, um, 12 year old girls soccer. Uh, it's a comedy. It's got great heart. It's a wonderful family film. Can't wait to get it out there. I'm in the editing room right now. And uh, we're, we're working hard on this to get this out uh, for 2022. Don't know exactly when it's going to come out in 2022, but it's a, it's a lovely film and, I, and I'm super proud of, of having written it, produced it, directed it, starred in it, everything. So um, mm-hmm. it's kind of my baby. And, uh, and I, and it's personal to me, it's all about team and family and, Uh, hard work and all the things that I think are very important uh, in today's society that maybe other people don't think are as important.
1: Mm -hmm. Well, the real values of the true Superman, right? I mean, this is, this is great. And I look forward to Uh, watching it. And I'll have to have you back on, you know, well before then, but definitely when it comes out to promote that and talk about it and uh, really looking forward to seeing it. So thank you so much, my friend. It's always so great to talk with you and um, keep standing up boldly for truth and for um, American values. And I just, I so appreciate following you on Twitter because every time I'm like, yes, so you're, you're almost as snarky as I am on Twitter. So I actually appreciate that. Um, But keep, Keep up the great work, my friend, really appreciate you.
2: Thank you, Jenna. Always a pleasure speaking with you.
1: So by now you've all heard me talk about Pillow, my good friend, Mike Lindell. And now Mike has done it again by introducing his new My Slippers. I have them. I love them. Mike has taken over two years to develop these. They're designed to wear indoor, outdoor, and all day long. Made with MyPello foam and impact gel to help prevent fatigue. And they are made with quality leather suede. For a limited time, Mike is offering 50% off of the new My Slippers. The My Slippers are so comfortable you will want to get some for your whole family, makes a great Christmas gift. Go to mypello.com, click on the Radio Listener square and use promo code JENNA. That's J E N N A. You will also get deep discounts on all My Pello products including the Giza Dream bed sheets, the My Pello mattress topper, the My Pello towel sets and so much more. Or call 1-800-564 8475 and use the promo code Jenna that's J E N N A.
0: Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells.